All right, there's really no good way to do this podcast. Either I make it all depressing and then it's all depressing, or I make it inappropriately light and then it's inappropriately light. So I'm just gonna try to power through. But basically my dad died. I feel like I have to bring it up because I was talking about it on this podcast, but it's like, and even in real life, I put off telling people for a while. <laughs> it's just like, you, I don't still want to have the conversation, you know? Most of my friends are pretty good about it. They're just like, hey, here's my condolences. I think they know my personality well enough that I don't want to uh, get all into it. But you do get the occasional like, oh no, when did it happen? Oh, how are you doing? How's your mom doing? What is this? And then how's that? And it's just like, you know the answer to all these questions. <laughs> You're just making me say it, you know? You're just making me go through the motions of like, I don't know, I think people just do have slightly different personalities where I guess maybe, maybe they like that kind of stuff that it's like, feels like supportive. Like, oh, someone's asking me about stuff. But I definitely don't feel that way, nor does my mom. Where it's just like draining to us. It's just like, oh God, <laughs> let's just get through this. Which because of uh, COVID, there's not gonna be a funeral for my dad. And yeah, it's like, we're kind of sort of a little okay with that, you know? We told him before, before he died, he was aware. And he's like, hey, whatever dog, I'm gonna be dead, so. But yeah, oh man. You know, I had the, it's like if I have to do a little speech or something, I guess I'll, I got some ideas, but, but, oh man, just that, just imagining that, just seeing face after face, the sad face in front of you, just asking like, oh, how are you doing? It's just draining over and over. It's like, oh man, I'm glad we don't have to do that. But basically, I did actually record more of my thoughts about this, if you're curious, if you're just uh, interested in my life at all and want to know more about this experience. I did it on my podcast XO. So if you go to keithcourage.com and scroll down to XO, there's a podcast there about these last days of my dad in the hospital. So really, this is just to let you know, if you're a listener and you were curious, because I can't just not bring it up, right? Like, what if a year from now I'm like, oh, by the way, you remember when I was mentioning my dad's cancer? Well, he died back then. I just never told you. Like, I feel like I got to mention it. But really, it's just to point you that way, if you do want to know more about this. And I mean, it's, I really did try to not make it a super depressing podcast because it kind of wasn't super depressing. Like, I guess what I learned, the main thing is that big events in life are not necessarily how you expect them to be. And this was definitely the case there where like, first off, I mean, as much as I've complained about COVID on this podcast and how much it's fucked up my routine and stuff, I just can't. I can't complain about COVID anymore because I was actually here. I was actually in my hometown and I got to hang out with my dad in the hospital before he died. And there is 0% chance that that would have happened if it wasn't for COVID. Like all it took was an entire global lockdown to make me be in my hometown. <laughs> but that's what happened. 
And that's just kind of weird to think about, like for the rest of my life, when I think back to the big crazy COVID pandemic, I'm just not allowed to complain. It's the only reason I was here. And the last few days hanging out with my dad in the hospital, they really were like not nearly as bad under the circumstances as I thought they would be. I did not expect, like first off I expected to just get an email. It's like, oh, I'm just gonna be off gallivanting somewhere in the earth and I'm just gonna get an email someday that my dad's dead, you know? Like I just 100% assumed, I didn't think he was gonna die this early, but even if this happened 20 years from now, this is what was almost certainly gonna be the case. So that was unexpected, but also just that, like we really had kind of a weirdly fun time in the hospital, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he would think it's dumb for me to put it that way. But yeah, I get into that more again in that other podcast, but I didn't expect me and my dad to end off on such good terms. It's actually, man, this is not it's feeling bad to talk about. It's weird, that other podcast I did, like I did it right after he died. And in a way, that was like maybe kind of easier. It was just kind of a shocking, weird thing. But now that it's been a couple of weeks, things are kind of settling down. And, uh, and yeah, it is pretty, pretty terrible and <laughs> pretty shitty. But the other thing that I just thought I'd mention, since this is the writing podcast, has like a little addendum to the other podcast I did about my dad. I mean, this just seems so dumb to bring up. It's such a stupid little thing that just made, <laughs> it means nothing. It's just not important under the circumstances at all. But just something that I thought I would mention, because way back, I think in the first episode of this podcast, but I mentioned, you know, my whole thing is just to, to work every day, to make sure you work every day and just to be certain that you do something and try not to break the chain. And eventually you'll get to the end. And I just kind of pontificated, like, who knows? We'll see what happens. If I get really sick, let's see if I can keep it up. If something terrible happens, like a death in the family, let's see if I can keep it up. And kind of my presumption was that it would be hard. It would be very hard to keep it up when things sucked. But again, just so many things are not how you expect them to be. So rather than it being really tough to write, it was like, kind of helpful because my dad was like hooked up to an oxygen machine and was just asleep most of the time you know 90% of the time so I was just there you know just at the hospital just for the times that he was awake if there was anything I could do so there was a lot of downtime and in that case of just being in this hospital room with the lights off and the oxygen machine going and it's all just kind of quiet and creepy it was nice to have like that kind of pillar of stability that I've been doing this writing shit you know pretty consistently for the last three years or whatever so it was easy to fall back into the routine of just pull the little phone out of my pocket and just work on some writing it's not like I did a ton but I did some, and it was just something to do, you know, so I'm not just sitting there. Or even, uh, you know, I don't know if I sat there and watched TV or read a book or something. 
this seemed better. Like this really took my mind off the situation. Like it's, I could just really remove myself from that environment. Because during those times that he was asleep, it's not helping anyone for me to just dwell on things, you know? So I don't know, I guess it's like, I guess it's nice to have not only the consistency of the habit I've built up, but just to even have just this little identity that I've made for myself, that it's like, hey, I'm a writer guy and I'm writing something. And it just feels like it's, like in this completely like hopeless situation where there's nothing you can do. It feels more like I have some kind of efficacy, you know? There's something I can have some control over, something in my life that I don't have to just feel like I'm adrift and like I'm lost at sea. It's like, okay, well, at least I can do this. I know how to do this. And specifically, this is just such a weird little thing because it's just, again, something I'll always remember. Like when I think back to COVID, I'll always think of like, oh yeah, that's when my dad died. I've got this story that I don't know, I honestly know if I'm ever even going to write it because it's so, so bleak and so negative. It seems like I'm amazed I didn't have the idea when I was 17 because it feels like some dumb teenager story. But I had the idea, you know, in my adult life. And the idea was just like the breakfast club. Like I love the breakfast club, but it's sort of quaint. You know, these 80s kids and their 80s problems. So much less harsh than even school seemed when I was in school. And it just seems more and more weird now and less and less ap applicable. So the basic idea was just what if you did like the breakfast club remake? in a modern day school and I've got all kinds of notes for it but again it's just so negative and these kids are so nihilistic and so kind of awful there's like one of them the jock kid is kind of a good dude and everyone else is not but you know they've all got their reasons like they've been pushed down in different ways and there's reasons why they're such fucking dicks but in my notes this story so the two things I thought of, first off, I wanted to keep it kind of like, like I wanted the names to be just all purpose of like, cause I guess my original idea was just like breakfast club in like an inner city school, but just some white Canadian guy writing a bunch of black kids in school. It's like, that's weird. And again, because of the, the value of a novel is you don't have to directly state anything. So I was like, what if I just kept it to nicknames? What if I gave everybody a weird nickname that's not a name anyone has? So then when you're reading this story, you can just presume whatever. Whatever feels natural to you, you can just insert into the story. So I had all these weird nicknames, but what I realized is I could just use the designations from the breakfast club. Like at the start, of the story, it could be the thug guy, the Judd Nelson character in The Breakfast Club. He's coming to school to go have detention. So the, the book could just say, he did this, he did that, without ever saying his name. And then when he gets to detention, 
the first thing he could say to everybody is like, ah, look at these. Look at these morose motherfuckers. Oh, we got the classic array. We got the fucking princess. We got the basket case. We got the nerd. We got the jock. And then that could just be their names. And they're like, yeah, well, then you're the thug, I guess, you know? And like that way, I don't have to come up with weird nicknames, but I don't have to use names that you could pinpoint to any specific era or culture. Their nicknames could just be thug, princess, basket, nerd, jock, <laughs> you know? So I'm like, okay, that's not amazing, but that's okay. That's a, not a bad idea. And the other thing, this was way better, as I was looking through the notes, what I called this story in my notes, instead of the breakfast club, I called it the break last club, because you just change one letter. You change the F to an L. And it's like, who's gonna break last? Who's gonna, who's gonna hold on the hardest? Because, like, the idea of this story is basically... It's like a bunch of crazy fucking psychos who sort of, uh... Encourage each other to get crazier. It's like, oh, your stepdad molested you? Or, oh, this guy raped you? Hey, tell you what. Let's lure them to the school and let's kill them in the basement. <laughs> you know, like, it gets all fucked and all crazy. So it's like, who who's the last one that's gonna break? Who can keep up with this insanity the longest? But Break Last Club is just not a good name. It looks good on paper because it's only one letter different from Breakfast Club. But when you say it, the Break Last Club, it just doesn't sound right. It just sounds bad. And I never liked that title. It's just my working title. But I realized while I'm sitting in the hospital and my dad's in the bed next to me and he's asleep and all the machines are going and stuff, that really, it's not the Break Last Club because everybody more or less talks themselves into being down with this plan of like, yeah, like, we're in the concrete fucking... We're in the jungle, you know? Society is the only reason we're letting these people fuck with us and we're letting these abusers get away with what they're doing. If we were in the jungle, if we were how we're really supposed to be, we would destroy those people for fucking with us. That's the real order, that's the real natural way. And they talk each other into this Except the jock, he's the only one, because I based him on... There's this wrestler named Jason Jordan, who... Like a collegiate athlete, straight and narrow, but he has two brothers that are both in jail. And that's how this guy was going to be. If, like, he has the two brothers in jail, he's the only one in his family that is keeping it together, and he doesn't want to let down his mom. So he's not like the rest of these people, he doesn't want to get crazy revenge on society and stuff. He wants to be a part of society. So it's not who's gonna break last, it's who's gonna break first. Only one of them is gonna break and it's gonna be him. The jock is gonna break first. So that's when I realized like, oh, it's not the break last club, it's the break first club. Which doesn't look as good on paper. The break first club just doesn't look as close to the breakfast club. Maybe it's not as clear what I'm ripping off, but it sounds way better when you say it. The Breakfast Club, the Break First Club. It just kind of sounds like you're stumbling over Breakfast Club a little. So I'm just like, oh, that's the title. Seems so obvious. So it's just one of those dumb things that if I ever do write this story, which I just don't know if I will, because I just don't, there's no point to it. Like it's so negative and so nihilistic and it's like, I don't know that there's really a value to this fucking story. But if I ever do, 
again, just a dumb thing where I'll always remember like, oh yeah, I came up with that title in the hospital. But anyway, that's all I wanted to say is things are not ever how you really expect them to be. I didn't expect to be home to see my dad die and I'm glad that I was here. I didn't expect it to go as well as it did, but we really got along shockingly well at the end and everything under the circumstances was a lot better than I expected it to be. And yeah, rather than writing being harder, it actually helped. Rather than it being hard to keep up the habit, having the habit was helpful in these hard times. And the day my dad died, I didn't write anything. And then the next day I wasn't going to either, but I was walking through the woods and I just had a little thought and I just pulled out my phone and I jotted it down. And then there you go, we're just back on the trail. We're just back, back on the grind. So anyway, that's all. If you want to hear more about the harrowing tale of my poor dad dying, just go to keithcourage.com, scroll down to XO, and the episode is called Dad. And yeah, I don't know, it's not that depressing. It's probably less depressing than this podcast just was. But again, I just feel like I just got to say it, just got to get it out there. That's the update. Uh, next episode, I already recorded while my dad was still alive. So it's a lot more fun, I think. <laughs> so I'll put that out eventually. And then whatever. No songs of the day. Let's just fade out. Let's just fade out to the sounds of walking through the woods. Adios.